Welcome to Midnight Menu Plus One. I'm Ray Kanata. And I'm Margot Moss. Midnight Menu Plus One is a food lifestyle show on the podcast network, it's neworleans.com. Tonight, we're at the NOLA Brewing Tap Room in the Irish Channel. The Tap Room is NOLA Brewing's on-site watering hole. They serve NOLA Brewing's ex- uh, regular line of craft beers, as well as eight specialty brews you can't find anywhere else. Very excited. They're uh, very close. We said this last time, super close to opening the brand new Tap Room. I think they had a, a few permitting issues, but I'm sure by the next show we'll be in there and, and ready to go. Okay, and the tap room is open seven days a week, weekdays from 2 to 11 p.m., and weekends from 11 in the morning till 11.30 p.m. Well, glad you could join us each week on Midnight Menu Plus One. Margo and I invite a member of New Orleans restaurant and food community to have a beer with us, and we invite them to bring along their own guest, a plus one. We never know who the plus one's going to be. So it's a friend, a neighbor, a family member, a fellow restaurant colleague. Our, our special guest on Midnight Menu Plus One tonight is Eric Busich. He's a board member from Eat Local Challenge. I cannot wait to talk to him. You know, I'm all about eating local. I'm, I'm, a, I'm obsessed about it, maybe too much, but I'm really excited about that. Looking forward to talking to him. But before we do, let's catch up on the week's culinary adventures. Uh, Margo, I was I was out of town. I was the last two weeks. I've been, so I haven't eaten anything local. I've been in uh, Destin, Florida. I think I was there the same time as you. Weren't you there like the week before this last week? Yep. I was there exact same time. It's amazing oh, we didn't run into each other. Yeah, we could have. Uh, I, I I found a great Thai place. Really, we could have met up to ha- talk about Destin food and how much. I needed some help. Yeah, some it's, help yeah, it's, it's it's slim. It's, it's a hard little. It's Destin. a little rough there, but you know, I didn't get to go to St- to Stinky's uh, Fish House or whatever that we've had the guest on before. I didn't get a chance to go there. Wanted to. Uh, went to Basmati. Have you been there before? Yeah, this? yeah, that mm-hmm. was really good. We went there two years ago. We really liked it. Went back again. Happy hours, great deal there. Had a family of fourteen with us, so it was like a lot Ooh. of yeah, a lot of lot of fish were killed. Yeah, for that. <laughs> and then uh, anyway, Destin, did you, did you do anything else in that? What's the name of the Thai place you went to? Uh, White Elephant. White Elephant. All right, you recommend? Yeah, but it? I but I really like the uh, the the Japanese restaurant with the hibachi tables, and now I'm drawing a blank. I didn't realize we'd be talking about Destin. Oh, okay. Because well, I was and I was out of town as well. But I do want to mention one meal I had, if anybody's in Asheville, North Carolina. What did you have there? Uh, I went to a restaurant called Rhubarb. Rhubarb, okay. And it was fantastic. Wow, what would you like, have? Um, we, I was with my mother, and we had uh, three appetizers, an entree, and dessert. The dessert had rhubarb sauce on it. Rhubarb. Nice. I'd never had rhubarb before. You never had rhubarb? Mm-mm. Wow. Strawberry rhubarb pie is like a staple in a lot of places, no? I, I don't know. Is that, I don't know if rhubarb is a big thing here. I don't know what it adds here. to strawberry. Can, I feel like it waters down Eric to strawberry. We can ask tonight yeah, if yeah, there's we'll, anything about rhubarb. We'll definitely ask rhubarb, him soon about rhubarb. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I've not encountered any in this town. Yeah, it was amazing. We we got a side of the rhubarb yeah. and put it over their um, lemon cake with homemade strawberry ice cream and wow. macerated strawberries on top, and then we added the rhubarb. So we kind of ruined maybe their original huh. concoction. Now, and good. I know Asheville's like a hippie sort of uh, granola-ish uh, enclave in the middle of like a sea of, of red, you know, <laughs> mountain mountainous North Carolina, uh, you know, a little different, the culture there. It's a little more, maybe less hippie-ish. And then all of a sudden you got Asheville. It's like, bam. Yeah, they're all congregating. And, and real what, environmentalists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so it's been that way for years. So so what were you doing there? Just on vacation? Oh, uh, I had a little work, but that's for, uh, ah, yeah. Interesting. Other work. 
not not food work. Yeah, you not, are, you're, not, uh, you're very complicated. Okay, <laughs> art. You were doing art there. Yes, some actually some art stuff. But another time because I oh. want to get to our guest. Yeah. Unless you have any. No, no. Well, then from there I went to Chattanooga. I was in our denominational meeting. I had a book signing up there from other thing that I do, and uh, that was a lot of fun. Chattanooga's a great little town. If you haven't been to Chattanooga, I I've love never been it. to Chattanooga. Love that city. It's really kind of cool. It's got weird rules though. They carted every single person when we went out every single time. I've been you carted look like, like you. You've traveled time. I could see you looking young. No, I have not been carted in like <laughs> once a year. Maybe I get carted in New Orleans. I got carted every meal, and everybody at our table did. And what what the waitress told us after we complained after about the fifth time. So what the waitress said was she said that in the rule is they have to card every single person. If you're 98, they card you in Chattanooga. And and not only that, if you have a driver's license that says you're 98, but it's expired by one day, they can't serve you. That is interesting. That's a little that weird. That would not happen here. Not would, ha- would not happen. Even in the Landry era, <laughs> that would not happen here. Um, well, okay, enough of that. Uh, so, anyway, we, the bottom line is neither one of us have the possibility of talking about any new restaurants in New Orleans. We haven't been in town. But I'm sure we're going to have a lot to talk about in that regard with Eric. Eric, welcome. We're so glad you're here. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, um, will you please share with us... Uh, what Eat Local Challenge is and uh, how you are associated with it. Absolutely. Uh, when I first arrived in New Orleans, I was uh, working at Holly Grove Market and Farm, and uh, Lee Stafford had kind of uh, mentioned to me that he saw a show on TV about people in Canada that were eating with uh, food within 200 miles of, of their area, whether it's grown, caught, or uh, raised there. And he said, we should do that here. And I said, all right, that'd be great. And he started doing it, and it just kind of uh, came from there. And I've uh, always been involved in it with him in different aspects. And this year, I'm just kind of helping him out, getting things done. Uh, well, how long has it been going on? It's, uh, be, uh, this will be the fifth annual this year. And mm-hmm. I uh, smoked a pig at the last one, so it was a lot of fun. And uh, just kind of getting involved in it. Um, have different people that I meet throughout town. I get them involved in it also. And it's really just kind of more about to... Uh, kind of get people back into the idea of of knowing where your food is coming from that's really what it's about uh, to realize that you can buy the same thing around the corner down at uh, you know from a local grower rather than bring it all the way in from like uh, New Zealand or somewhere like that so right well that's wonderful we're all about eating local here I mean I get my my heart uh, sinks a little bit every time I go past one of my favorite restaurants and I see a Cisco truck you know parked out in front or whatever Um, but People are locally sourcing a lot, it seems like. It seems to be a trend. At least, at least they're publicizing it more, if not. Do you think so? I mean, is there more local sourcing at restaurants now than there was, say, four or five years ago, or are they just talking about it more? Um, I think kind of both. Um, when I first arrived here, I actually was doing that. My uh, job at Holly Grove Market and Farm was to getting restaurants to buy local food, and there was never really, like, any issue with getting them to buy it locally. And one of the fun things that we did is we got them to put on their menu who the grower was. So we were trying to be as transparent as possible. So if they were buying, you know, tomatoes or cucumbers or whatever, even from some people that, you know, grew them literally in their backyards. And I know that the talk is huge and I know that there's a lot of support in it. But of course, with restaurants, it's all about the consumer also. So you play a large role in uh, what the chef is willing to put on your plate. So it's kind of, you know, goes on both sides of the story on that one. Well, I know, like, for example, John Besh will have, he'll get a farmer, a small farmer in the North Shore or somewhere in Mississippi, and they only grow, like, their agreement is he, he only produces stuff for Besh restaurants, you know, and he'll, and La Provence and whatever will be the only ones that'll get his stuff. I mean, you see more of that, too. Uh, when you go to the farmer's market, I go most Tuesdays in the Uptown Market, I see all these chefs from all kinds of restaurants I recognize doing their shopping there, as well as, you know, neighbors doing it for their own groceries. Um, 
uh, I mean, what do you what do you think the appeal is to that? What what why do people want their things to be grown more locally? I think the biggest reason, especially when it comes to chef, is just the flavor. I think that they realize when they bite into something that's grown uh, yesterday, you know, picked yesterday, grown just, you know, miles away, it's, uh, the flavor is amazing. I think that's a huge piece because that's really what the chef, the most important thing to the chef is. And, of course, you know, realistically, a lot of the chefs are these small restaurants. They're uh, competing with some of the bigger uh, restaurants. And what they realize, too, is why is somebody going to want to go and purchase from them and maybe pay a little more because they are a smaller restaurant. So what they do is they try to, to say, hey, look, if, if I'm willing to buy from my neighbor and pay a little more for that cucumber, that tomato, why don't you come into my place and pay a little bit more also? So I think it's, it's really about the flavor and just uh, realizing that, you know, they're a local person too. They live here just yeah. like you and I do. I mean, for me, I feel like I'm, you know, I love the city and I want to support the city and its local community. And to me, keeping the money local too is important. I'd much rather get my, I'd much rather buy, I go to a restaurant where I know the pork that's being served is from a pig that was grown 50 miles away and is paying sales tax to Louisiana rather than having it shipped from China or wherever, you know, frozen. And so uh, to me, there's an economic factor to it too, you know, I mean, it makes a difference for me. I guess every, every, every consumer is a little different why it appeals, but obviously most people would prefer to have things local than from far away, right? Oh, I think absolutely. I mean, unfortunately, one of the big things that we live off of is how much does this cost? How much does that cost? I'm on a budget. Right. Where do I want to spend my money? I'd like to have, you know, more beer money. So, you know, maybe I'll go and buy something a little cheaper in the store but the, what we also realize that you know we're buying from our neighbors we're buying from our neighborhoods right. we're buying from our community and if we don't support those people then our community starts to fall apart and I think right. we're seeing that more and more now than we ever have before and don't I, I feel that Holly Grove too um, it's wonderful really, by the way wonderful yeah, wonderful it's farm an amazing place and it really is for the community and it's not I, I think they things are affordable I mean, and it, yep. and it supports the community, and can you, um, and and it educates the public too about what the, that you can get things local and uh, support the community and enjoy the benefits of eating local, and mm. that it's not like it it doesn't have to be overpriced like going to Whole Foods or, mm -hmm. and I think is that part of. Uh, Eat Challenge, Eat, Eat Local challenge. challenge, is that part of their mission to educate people that you can eat well and locally but for a good price and oh absolutely yeah uh, holly grove market and farm is definitely a huge player uh, again uh, that's how i was brought here and introduced to new orleans so i feel very fortunate so you were recruited by holly grove to work not here? not exactly i was actually on my way to california for about a six or nine month vacation and uh, a friend of mine was going to go with me and then she was like hey let's go visit my friend in new orleans and then uh, on the way down here we ended up getting a job literally driving down here we're like hey you you know, uh, there's a job open at Holly Grove Market and Farm, and we were in an RV, so we just parked our RV in Uptown at our friend's house and went into Holly Grove Market and Farm and started working. And, and where were you coming from? Uh, Minnesota. Minnesota. Okay, yeah. I could hear so that in your accent a little bit. Okay. So I know a lot about rhubarb, and I did grow, <laughs> I did grow a little here last winter, but it didn't <laughs> last long. <laughs> How the environment's does it grow a little here? different between Louisiana oh. and Minnesota, I would think. Yeah, yeah it, a little it, different climate. Yeah, it tried to grow because it was very cold, so it actually started to grow, but as yeah. soon as it warmed up, it ended up dying. But I had, I ate. A little bit of it. So Hollygrove so, just hired you on the spot yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, they um, actually, uh, my friend was down here and did some volunteer work, and and uh, when she went back to Minnesota, that's when she said, hey, you know, uh, we can work at Hollygrove Market and Farm because she's very, very good with like uh, chefs and things like that. And then I was going to drive the drive a van around in the corridor. I'm like, yeah, I love to drive. Sure, why not? Let's do this. <laughs> so, uh, so that was five years ago. Um, but yeah, All but right. Hollygrove Market and Farm and the Eat Local Challenge definitely. Um, 
What it is about is bringing uh, local food into people's minds and thoughts and trying to build a habit of instead of going to you know, play other uh, you know, grocers that are here, instead of going there first, maybe go to your market, you know, your, your uh, farmer's market, maybe go visit some farmers, maybe go to High Grove Market and farm first, and then the things they don't have, you then go pick up at your grocer. And again, right. yeah, the price is very comparable, even sometimes better, just depending on you know, what's going on with the, the weather and, this, uh, and the growers. And even the grocer, I mean, you look just, you know, a lot of times it's labeled you can look in the grocer mm-hmm. what's local and what yep. isn't and yep. i find that it tends to be that the local chains uh and, and independent grocery stores have more local product too than the big box ones do you know i mean oh, I, yeah. I love going to lang and skeins and rouse's because i feel like they have a lot more local stuff as well absolutely i mean rouse's is a huge supporter of the eat local challenge and really you can go through their store and as you mentioned other stores and actually see things labeled and they're very good about letting you know where things are from so again right. it's really the consumer that gets to make this choice you know if you're at that fine John Besh restaurant and you happen to see maybe a small brown mark on your eggplant, don't complain about it. Cut it off and realize, hey, that's a local piece of produce and it's right. and it's worth it for me. And that's really where it comes down to is we have to make that decision. Yes. Now, have you always been passionate about local uh, sourcing local things or is that something like, what were you doing in Minnesota before you came here? Yeah, it's really funny. Minnesota has, uh, I think, more farmers markets and more, uh, you know, people growing food in their backyard than just about anywhere I can imagine. Wow. But I'm, oh. I'm, yeah, oh yeah, even though we have a real gro- uh, short uh, growing season. But no, I've always been in the local. Uh, when I grew up, I was always, you know, buy American, you know, buy from your neighbors. Because, you know, I mean, we can sit here and talk all about uh, anything you want. But the reality is, if we all bought from all of our neighbors, none of us would be out of jobs. Right, right. So, mm. you know. Oh, without a yeah, doubt. Yeah, you're right. I, so, 100%. Yeah, so that, that's where right. I come from. Well, now tell us about your guest. I see you you brought your plus one, and he yes. looks like an interesting person. Tell us who this is and why you selected him. Of all the people in the galaxy or all the people in New Orleans, why did <laughs> why, why did you choose him? Well, I chose Mr. Christopher Look the Fourth because uh, I met him when we were uh, collecting uh, dragonflies, and he, he kind of refused to collect dragonflies and eat them because he is very passionate about gardening, and they, uh, they're very good about eating things. So uh, he and I started gr- um, catching grasshoppers, and we're going to eat them down at the insectarium. Um, wait, slow down. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. So you're a bug eater? You're, this is like yeah. a hobby of yours? No, this is something that the, uh, um, the insectarium does, and it, they happen to get involved with the Eat Local Challenge, and that's how I met uh, Chris. And then um, They're he, taking it to a whole new yeah, level. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm yeah, slowing Eat Locals down. means they need to eat bugs. <laughs> like, I'm out. You know, I finally yeah, found my you, limit to eating Eric local. Eric is dedicated. <laughs> okay, so you met yep. Rand. Randomly, another person that would, were you just, uh, you were protesting capturing dragonflies? I, I was for a little bit, but then I realized there was about 600 just flying around us. So I realized, you know, why not try at least one? Uh, I wouldn't eat a bug in the city limits, but where we were on the west side of the Pontchartrain, there were so many that why not? Okay. Like, no, why why, why would you eat one in the city limits? Mosquitoes? Because because you need them for the ecosystem here. They're There's good. just not enough um, in the There's city limits. Enough. You need you need yes. to have more here. Well, I know dragonflies are the reason why. I went on a swamp tour and they, and uh, first swamp tour of my life out in Lafayette, and they told me and I, and I was going to put some you know bug spray on me to repel, and they said you don't no you don't need it. And I was like I didn't believe them. I put it on anyway, and yeah, there were no mosquitoes at all. It says because dragonflies eat like 50 trillion mosquitoes an hour or whatever it is, some crazy in, number, insane amounts, and, insane and they're quick, amounts. and there's so many of them anywhere that there's water. That's where they breed. Same place the mosquitoes breed. Their babies eat the mosquito larvae, yeah. and they eat the big mosquitoes. So they're just beautiful for getting yeah. rid of pets. Is that something we can do? To is there anything people can do to help? 
cultivate yeah, more we, dragonflies? Can we, can we import dragonflies? I'll tell, you, no, I'll tell you, the biggest thing you can stop doing is spraying for mosquitoes. Yeah. Because, see, the one thing, I don't know a lot about bugs and such, but I look at us as animals. And I realize, you know, if you look at mice and rats and stuff like that, they uh, re, um, reproduce very quickly where we don't. Well, I think it's the same thing with insects, you know. I mean, mosquitoes, I don't know how long a life they have, but I know they're like everywhere. And some dragonflies can take up to five years of a lifespan. Uh. So imagine that. Take Plus, the poison's got to kill the dragonflies, it, too, doesn't it? Absolutely. Plus, I wonder if we're making it into superbugs because, like, we're spraying them, and there's got to be one bug out of a million that survives the spray. Yeah, there you go. And they have, like, a million babies, yep. and that, that bug is now going to be a superbug that, yep. like, you know, it's like the super germs. Exactly. And someday we're going to have bugs that have, like, armor, and they're going to, like, take us away, and so it's going to be terrible. Yeah. And I worry about that all the time every time I hear anybody. You see, Roundup's the same thing. Yep. If, you eat, you. if you eat a bug, you might feel a lot better about it. You, you can be the master of them. That's know? the other thing. Well, I'm proud to say I have eaten a bug. All Good. right. I never I eaten a like bug, to, never will. Um, Gross. I, well, I, um, eat a bug? I brought my kid and another uh, child to the insectarium. Oh, it was like and, in a lollipop or something? No, it was. they were making like a dip. Oh, yeah. Chip and dip. Oh. But it was uh, some kind of, like y'all said, like a grasshopper type thing. I don't think it was local. Could have been a... But I couldn't expect my kid to try something. And I do believe that that could sustain people if there's other resources that aren't. And it, did it taste like chicken? It they tasted taste like, like a potato chip. It was That's like a I little fried. Salty, right? when, when they're raw, they actually taste like mushrooms, like raw mushrooms. Uh, How long have you been eating bugs? Yeah, yeah. About we two need weeks to get back since I met Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've never really <laughs> Wait, thought so about it. Wait a second, you guys it. just met two weeks ago? Yeah, we just yeah, met a couple weeks ago. Wait, you met two weeks ago, yep. and, and now, you, now he invites you on a radio show with him. Well, we also had this great experience picking apart tons of meat together, so yes. that really you know, helps people bond. Wait, how'd that happen? Yeah, when I was uh, smoking a pig for uh, 24 hours over at the O.C. Haley uh, Art Market on... Uh, Aretha Haley, uh, it was at Aretha Haley, uh, Aretha Castle Haley Boulevard, that's go. what it is, O-C-H. Big O.C. Haley, yeah. 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 Um, easy. Chris yeah. just happened to show up, and I knew that he uh, had done some and you'd chef already work. Had the bug. you'd already had the buggy. Oh, yeah, right. that's already behind us, and he's like, I go, hey, how would you like to cut up this pig? He's like, I'm all over it. it was so bad. you've had experience? <laughs> you have uh, food experience? I've been cooking for the past 14 years of my life. My first job was in a kitchen, and oh. then I just kept cooking. Where is that? Uh, my first job uh, was at... Uh, Coupe de Ville on the harbor in Oak Bluffs. Uh, it's Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts. Oh. And then uh, I went to college, and then when I came back from college, I worked at uh, Morning Glory Farm in their kitchen for another seven years. Where's Morning Glory Farm? Also on Martha's Vineyard okay. in Massachusetts. Oh. It's, uh, it's the biggest farm there. They have, like, I think 100 acres or something crazy like that, they're, and they're raising cattle and chickens and, uh, and all sorts of different things. Uh, did you know how vegetables. to do that, or did they train you and, and happy I to have when I was younger, I just liked cooking, and um, I overseasoned a lot. I had a couple occasions where I actually had to put ketchup on things to make it so I could even eat it at all. But I, I learned from those experiences, and, uh, and at this point, I think what I'm kind much, of things much, like? Uh, I used to like, um, like lobster. No, like no, no, like like sloppy joes. But I'd like uh -huh. put too much salt in there because I just didn't know what I was doing. I was only like seven. And, uh, and so oh, I just, okay. I, just right. I thought you meant like last week. Oh, no, no, no. Seven. Okay. no the, the worst thing that I'm, uh, I'm guilty of now is actually not salting enough uh, uh. because I'm worried that I'm going to oversalt things. So how'd you end up down here? Well, I went to school here at Tulane for four okay. years. And then I hung out for a while after that. And I went back home and worked a bunch. And then uh, my friend Becca uh, actually invited me back down here to work with her. Um, she, we're actually starting a farm. 
and um, potentially a cafe as well where I'm going to cook uh, all of our stuff. In Do you there. have land for this farm? Yeah, it's, we have about an acre with uh, room around it to expand to two acres. Inside out, the city? Yeah, in the um, in the upper ninth ward. What? Yeah, it's a... Uh, you have an acre exciting. in the upper ninth ward. We got really lucky. There was this guy, Larry Prince, um, who I was down here visiting with my girlfriend like a month, or maybe it's actually almost two months now ago. And, uh, and we went to visit this guy, Larry Prince, and uh, we were just going to see his land. But within a minute of us getting there, he drove up. He had just driven here from Texas. And we, we had had trouble contacting this person to buy his land. And he just drove up and was like, oh, you want to farm? Of course you can farm here. So we're now leasing land from him. And uh, and we've just finished our, putting up our fencing. Wait, what a generous man and good timing. He's a, he's a really, how do you really get a cool whole, guy. How do you cobble together a whole acre? That's got to be, what, like 30 lots, 40 lots? No, no a whole acre is, is how only, many lots um, is that? It's only nine, nine lots. Nine lots. Yeah. Okay. With, that's still, then, that's a lot of lots. It's a lot of lots. I know. And we have one really I mean, big my, lot. I mean, my lot, I'm uptown. My, my house has been there 120 years. It's it's 30 feet wide. Yep. You exactly. Know? Yeah, 30 by 70 is like standard. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and so the, I mean, it's it's a pain in the butt. Nine to, of those makes an acre. To now save, you got a farm. Yeah, exactly. But what basically, it was Katrina that, that did oh, it. Oh, so all, there used to be homes these, there. There were homes. Never got rebuilt. It's a dead end street, and the entire street was just lined with homes, but they're all gone now. And what about the soil? You got you, you we have we've had it? testing. Um, the only thing we're high on is salt. Uh, which really? Isn't the worst no thing lead? in the world? Isn't that no, ironic? No, no, the lead high is on a, salt. I think the lead is at like <laughs> yeah, yeah, <high laughs> salt. somewhere <laughs> somewhere hovering around forty. Which, according to the U, I mean, lead is kind of weird, but according to the U.S. government, I think four hundred to five hundred is your limit. So we're well below that. But wow. there are other countries that are more around eighty, but we're still below that too. So, so you can plant some lucky. sunflowers too, though, in yep. there. And uh, that's the best radiate. news I've heard all week. I'm ex- so oh, weeks early, but still, I'm excited about this. That's great. Yeah. So this is one of the things, things I told. What kind of things you plant? Uh, okra. Oh, that's actually the name of our farm is okra. So we're going to plant lots of okra. We've got seeds going for the okra. Lots of lettuces. Um, hot peppers. I love hot peppers. How are you so. going to keep people from stealing stuff at night from your thing? It's well, a residential neighborhood, We're really right? friendly with all the neighbors. We've met them all. Um, and we have a fence. We just put up our fence. Look, they steal every... I'm in Uptown. They steal everything that's not tied down. All my chairs. All my... All my planters, yeah, every bikes, yeah. everything for my neighbor. Those, those might be worth money. They're not going to yeah. steal all your okra. Right uh, there. People There's don't plenty steal of, food. of urban farms, and, yeah. and I've talked to people about that who do urban farming, and you involve the community too, and you're welcoming and exactly. The, and and I don't know. He's got. It, We've been meeting all of our neighbors, and there's only one guy, and he lives two blocks away who was ever upset about it. Everyone else is like, you're building a farm? Thank goodness, someone's gonna do something with this land where people have just been you know, doing drugs on empty lots. And so everyone who lives you know, within basically a two block radius has been really excited yes. about it, except and for this one gentleman. And, and even him, we had a good talk, and I think he sort of- It's always one. And listen, yeah. if people are stealing food, it's because they're eating it. They're that's not that's gonna what re- I hope. You know, they need it. I'm, nobody's going to steal food to resell it. So if uh, if there is theft, I, th- I think you can feel good about exactly. it's feeding I, somebody. That's I the agree. same reason why they took the TVs during the uh, Katrina. They needed them. Yeah. No, so people steal stuff for a variety of reasons. Yes, but food is, a, I mean, I, I, I don't think it's going to be an issue. One of the things we're actually planning on doing is once once we're up and running and we, ha- we start harvesting is we want to have community barbecues and just cook our food for the people so oh they realize God. that we aren't doing this just for ourselves. We want you guys to not only appreciate how good this looks based to, con- you know, compared to a trash pile and empty lot, but how tasty it is that we're, you know, we're making something that, that works, that can sustain you and... And it's not just like a pretty thing. So you have it's not a just a garden. For this? 
Uh, I like mean, you kind of know what this is going to cost you, and like we're we're sort of winging it, but the costs have been <laughs> the costs have been laid out, and um and luckily we have a financial backer who's giving us a good amount of money to do this. So it's we have what we need to start the business. So you're going to sell this to restaurants too? Well, uh, the plan is markets the and... plan is to actually open up our own cafe where we just produce um you know cost added products and, and sell them and then also sell our whole foods as well and, and the market's going to be kind of a, a gathering place for other local producers and growers so that you know if they don't have a place to showcase or they were rejected from the farmer's market we can buy from them and put them up put it on our shelves so that they can get their name out so there. there's zoning issues for this in the ninth ward i mean like oh are, yeah. is anybody allowed to just throw up a farm in the ninth ward? Uh, no hey, absolutely without well, issue absolutely really? you can, yeah you can grow on any empty lot you want and Generally, you get the same uh, kind of stuff that Chris is talking about. Even People, with the current mayor. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. I mean, they're actually behind a lot of what we do. And the thing is, is that you just can't really step far out. That's all. You know, you don't want to have roosters. You know, you don't want to have parties, those kind of things. But if you're straight up growing food, it's not an issue in this town at all. And if you have an issue, come see me because I'll take <laughs> care of it for you. Believe we, me. I think we found a solution here. This, the, the, the ninth, why isn't the whole ninth ward a bunch of farms? There, there's so much land, I guess, right? There's a lot of vacant lots. We're working on expanding, too. We're, yeah. This is our first project, this acre slash two acres. But after we get that going and it's sustaining itself, um, we want to expand. We want to buy another go acre lot somewhere. That it, but it's all about finding those lots. I feel I feel bad. I can't remember the man's name, but I've met him, and he sells honey. And he has been doing oh, that for on, years. The guy on uh, Short Street. And, um, oh, Jay Martin. No, in the not, not, not Jay Martin. Well, he it might be. He's he's up to like thirty properties now, and he oh, started wow. out. And he said that people were stealing. He was growing food. He was building See, a house. See, what I'm talking about. Wait, let me finish. Okay. <laughs> he was building a house, and he was growing some food, and people were taking the food. So he realized there was a need for food. So he introduced growing and got the community involved. And I think he uh, has help. It's for homeless. Like he has homeless people helping. And now he's got like 30 properties, people oh, all sure. over like the, helping. Let, let the homeless people get stung by the bees. No. Th then he started the bees recently. Oh, and it's definitely um, not the man I was thinking of. But that sounds like a great story, well, I got I'll get the guy's name and give it to y'all and tell our listeners local about it. Local honey that's because, like unfiltered yes, like that local, is the greatest thing on the planet. And it helps the planet. I love it so much. It's like how important are the bees. So, so he's doing something. And, in you know, he turns something... A, a situation that someone would be angry that they're oh these guys are stealing my food into a productive viable thing that shows people that you too you anybody can grow stuff I mean Absolutely. and you could do it in a couldn't you do it in a in a you can grow tomatoes upside down upside down soil. I've seen yeah. it on TV yeah. plants <laughs> plants just want to grow it's it's part of what they are yes yeah. they want to survive just like we do. Wow, we gotta get that bee guy on the show. By the way, Let's yeah, make I'll, I'll get his. I, the honey is delicious. Well, also too, it like helps with allergies too. They say the local yeah. honey. It's within a few miles. It helps a lot with the allergies, the pollens that you know builds up your immune. And also, I just love honey that's not consistent. You know, in terms of its uh, texture, like it's got a variety of textures. That local kind of unfiltered honey is not like what you get in the store. It has has chunky parts and all. That. It's great. Yeah. Awesome. On, a, on, a on a local note, uh, one of the things that a lot of people are missing on this e local challenge is coffee. And a great substitute for that is actually bee pollen because it's full of B vitamins and uh, kind of a little pun there. But 
It, uh, mm-hmm. It's full of vitamins and, and energy. It's like one of those five-hour energies. You take two tablespoons of bee pollen in the morning, it's the same thing. You'll be ready to go for the whole day. Oh, that's amazing. So um, if, you, if you miss coffee, bee pollen's where it's at. Right, I want to get back to Eric for just a second. Though. So what do you do for a living besides um, besides the Eat Local Challenge? Is that, is, that's not a, is that a paying gig or is that... Um, yeah, I mean, Eat Local Challenge, no, not really. I mean, uh, I do it out of fun. It's, it's a, more of an advocacy you're it doing. It is, yeah. absolutely. I consider myself to be like a grower's advocate since I've been down here. But uh, I uh, used to do computers pri- uh, prior to arriving in New Orleans, but uh, I fell into a an arena of both chefs and growers and... Even though I'm kind of managing a couple of acres of land of growing, I don't really I consider myself to be a true grower. But I do uh, get paid for uh, doing some growing, setting up gardens, and doing some computer work. I work with uh, several different nonprofits. So you're kind of like a consultant, I guess, or uh, a little bit. I, I try to be, but uh, you know, I still get physically active. Um, but they pay me well, so that's that works. But I do a lot of gardening and a lot of computer work. All right. So. And. Uh, computer work like fix things or set up programs or uh... um actually i do a lot of monitoring computers with uh, at-risk youth in in town i work with a lot of at-risk youth uh, huh. that's pretty much kind of where everything i do is kind of based around them now uh, both Excellent. the gardening and the computer work huh. so, yeah and um can you tell us about some of uh your proudest experiences with that with some of the kids and uh yeah it's uh, actually you know it's uh, unfortunate but it's very easy um a lot of times these uh, students, if you will, will come in and they don't look you in the eye. They're, you know, they kind of mumble. They don't talk very out, uh, outward. They're um, you know, really just kind of in their own little world. And as time goes on, you know, they're giving you high fives or talking to you. They're telling you about their morning. Even if it was a bad morning, they're letting you know how they're feeling, what's going on. And, and you, you know, it's kind of like watching a flower open up. Literally, they just, you know, they go from being this closed person who just wants to ignore the world to somebody who just, you know, be honest, sometimes they go, man, does he ever shut up? I'm like, remember how it used to be? You know, so, uh, yeah, so really it's all about just getting them to open up, getting them to realize that there's a world out here of people that really care for you, even if they don't know you. So. Well, that's wonderful. Now, um, will y'all uh, tell our listeners a little bit about how they can... Eric, will you tell people how they can learn more about the Eat Local Challenge? And uh, uh, Chris, will you share some information about how people will find your farm? And yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it, you go to uh, nolalocavores.org, uh, and uh, it'll uh, be all about the Eat Local Challenge. Or you can go to your favorite search engine and just type in Eat Local New Orleans, and it'll come up. And it's a full-blown website. has all the information. We have a lot of events going on. I mean, basically, we have a lot of partnerships in town. We do something almost every single day. We do uh, bike tours, uh, farm tours. You know, we're, uh, we do all kinds of uh, events with, like, You're, you know, like, running out, like, 25, 30 bikes, right? You're going to have in the back of a truck so people can show up. And if they don't have a bike, they can go on the, they, you can loan them a bike. Yeah, the actually, bike I think that just happened uh, a couple okay. of days ago. I was originally going to be involved in that, but they had me doing this instead, which, hey, drinking beer and talking about myself <laughs> is great. So uh, I enjoy that. But really, you just get online. You look it up. We have a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of restaurants that are involved. You know, maybe an opportunity to go out and go to some restaurants that you've never gone before. There's a lot of restaurants that will have a... Uh, There's like 80 uh, of them, isn't yes, there? Yes. Yeah. yeah, there are. And they'll have a, a dish or more that you can actually eat and, and be on the uh, Eat Local Challenge. There's just a lot going on. Great. And agritourism is a part of it, too. Oh, huge. Right? It's unbelievable. But you can go see a lot of farms. Yeah, you so, can do it with So there's people that come to town. They're in New Orleans to uh, see sites. They find out about this and say, yeah, let me go on this bike tour. Yeah, let me 
go to this, uh, this uh, food lab event or whatever, yep. and, yeah. and they plug in that way, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely, yeah. and what's really fun is you get to see a lot of different things. It's kind of like the bycatch. You eat these fish that you never, you, know, you never get to eat. You know, they throw them away. They get rid of them. But what we did is we had a restaurant, Carmel, actually uh, set it up. And the bycatch. It, yep. That's like the kind of the junk fish kind of thing. If you will, like yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's kind of like us calling dandelions a weed. You know, it's kind of silly. But, <laughs> yeah, it, they do. So. Oh, neat. Yep. That's really cool. Um, and uh, Chris, tell us about uh, how people can learn about your the farm and when it's can up and running. Up yet, yeah, so we actually just uh, officially got on Instagram and Facebook uh, under Ochre Foods or okay. Ochre Farm, depending on uh, what was available. And then I myself uh, am in this Eat Local Challenge, and I've been going ultra strict, and I've been sort of logging all that online at uh, Ochre Farm Kitchen dot tumblr.com okayformkitchen.tumblr.com and if, if you want to check that out there's lots of different this sort of recipes but it's more like i put pictures up and i talk about how i prepared it because i'm not really so much about the whole like list of ingredients thing because sometimes i just don't remember what i put in there I, I mean i know what i put in there but how much is all sort of wobbly wibbly wobbly so um, now you're going to need like heavy equipment for this farm uh, no we should be able you to can, do you everything can pick by, hand. by hand yeah totally okay. It, I mean, everything is going to be a by-hand process. We had a uh, bobcat in there. We're going to have a bobcat in there when we put um, soil down, potentially. But it, we're actually building some raised beds, and we're starting to rethink where we're actually going to be building up soil and where we're going to be doing raised beds and other things. So having a bobcat, again, might not ever happen. We might just go by hand for the rest of the time. Now, this is which, probably a dumb question, but... Do you know what's the biggest farm in or inside the city limits of New Orleans? Maybe way down at the bottom of uh, Algiers, there might be some big farms. Or where where are there farms in the city limits? In the city limits, you know, that's a good question. I mean, I there's a farm on South Carroltown. Uh, well, know, that's for his restaurant. I know in yeah, New Orleans, that's a, that's a pretty farm. In that's New Orleans East, there's, there's the veggie. The veggie co-op is pretty big. Okay. Yep. Um, but I mean, I see lots of little pocket farms, if you want to call it that. You know, little community farms that are great. And I know several people running things like that. A friend of Tulane that runs it through his department, too, and all that. Sure. But, I mean, an acre seems like a lot. It, like, it is. Are they, I have are, a two-acre farm. You have a two-acre farm yeah, in two the city limits? Well, not inside of Orleans Parish, okay. but a stone's throw across the river, far, far away where nobody will go. But uh, <laughs> just over in Marrero, we have a two-acre farm. In Marrero, you yep. got a two-acre farm. It's, yeah. it's called two-acre farm. No, right? actually, that would be the other one. Oh, that's the other yeah, one. That, okay. that, <laughs> that would be Elve, who okay. does a two acres there. But basically, we got about 1.8 acres right wow. on, yeah, right in Marrero. And then also, there's actually 80 acres um, right on English Turn where they uh, do cows. And, okay. a, and the sad thing is, is those cows are uh, grass-fed, and they run around in the uh, fields like they should be, and then they're brought to the, uh, the stockyards, and we never, ever get to see them as their own meat which is kind of sad. What do you mean they get sent out? They get shipped out? Yeah, they get shipped out and they just get thrown right in with all the other meat that's not really well pro grown. Which is really? really? Yeah, it's kind of amazing. So people are eating it in like Illinois or something? Yeah, more than likely, yes. That's really it's, strange. It's I agree. Yes, that's kind I of agree. tragic. Yeah. yeah, it is. You ever yep. see that Portlandia uh, skit where they, where they, where they want to go meet the chicken before yep. they eat the chicken? Uh, absolutely. And all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lost yeah. in the commune. <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right. That's a dark beer. That All right, we are enjoying Nola Brewing's uh, a variety of Nola Brewing's offerings tonight here. They've, they've, it's been rolling fast. Oh, well, yeah. we need to. Uh, there's a part of the show where we ask you a question that's off the menu. Uh oh. Um, so, yeah. She, don't worry, Margot's tamed down. She's she's tamed I, yeah. over the years. The first couple of years, they're all X-rated. Now they're now they're very uh, educational. 
Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know why. If, uh, and I don't have anything nasty tonight. Now they're more like conjunction junction. <laughs> they used to be more like, well, I won't say it. <laughs> but, um, Eric, I want to ask you, what has been, since you've come to New Orleans, uh, what was the most shocking experience you've had? Like, that, what's first that comes into your mind Wow, you know, I don't even know if I can answer that question. Um, I guess the the biggest thing that really shocked me is just how nice people are in New Orleans. I mean, oh, you know, I mean, no, really, I'm telling you, it's like uh, there's nothing, there's nothing, no, there's nothing here that doesn't go on in any other place. It's just there's a lot more of it, maybe. Yeah. You know, I don't uh, travel up and down Bourbon Street, but you know. Uh, the thing about Minnesota is Minnesota has a lot of a lot of things. I mean, you know, we got a lot of stuff going on people don't know about. And uh, realistically, there's nothing here that really shocks me. I'm sorry to say huh. it doesn't. You haven't had some wild experience like some girl dance. Like the first night I worked in a restaurant, it's it's long gone and I won't say the name. But there was a, uh, it was a nice family restaurant opening night and there was a... a, a uh, uptown girl uh, dancing naked on the bar at the uh, end of the night. I mean, I, that's. I kind saw of those kind of things back home, so like I said, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, realistically, there's really nothing, nothing, nothing like, like that. sounds like an interesting place. Yeah, yeah there's <laughs> much more exciting than I would think. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. You know, we're, uh, we're stuck indoors about nine months out of the year, so we come up with a lot of fun <laughs> things to do, let me tell you. But no, really, I mean, you, you might have more. Okay, the most shocking thing here is, is I can buy a beer at 8 a.m. on Monday morning, call up all my buddies while they're at work and say, ha-ha, I'm drinking a beer at 8 a.m., babe. And they're like, dude, man. Man, that ain't fair. <laughs> no, really, there's, there's this, uh, you know, there's a lot more of everything here, yeah. but there's nothing that goes on here that doesn't go on everywhere. Interesting. Okay. okay, I like to hear that. That's all right. I think Margo, we found out, a, we, we've come up with an offshoot for another show. We could have just like, we could just add, we just interview people. Their most shock. Tell your most shocking story in New Orleans. <laughs> Actually, you could just interview me for a year. I think I got a 300 of them. I get shocked every day by something crazy, but maybe I had all a more right. sheltered. All right, all right. Kid. I do have something um, for you if you're interested. I'll yeah, we're interested. Right. Okay, but one, no, but, but this know. is something. This is something I read, and it talks all about how women are always showing their breasts up on the uh, balconies. Yes. Well, there were the couple cops that saw this guy started to show his stuff, and I mean it happened not far from me, and they grabbed him and said, "You can't show that off here." Now that I have never seen men whipping it out unless they got to take a piss in the snow or something. You know? <laughs> all right. <laughs> Don't get me started. I got a bunch of okay, parade yeah, stories. Yeah, yeah, no, no, won't no. do it. Okay, I got a question for you, Chris. All right. Um, all right. Would you rather have a go to a terrible restaurant, have a terrible meal with a great friend, or a great restaurant with a terrible friend? Which Which would you prefer? Well, I try not to have any terrible friends. No, you know, but the most if annoying I had, person in the world. You're gonna, you're gonna You're gonna have a You're gonna go to a great restaurant with the most irritating person you know. Or you're gonna go, or you're gonna go, or you're gonna, or would you prefer to have, you know, a bad meal, terrible restaurant with a great friend? I I'd definitely go terrible restaurant. Um, yeah. Good friends gonna be great company first of all. Right. It doesn't matter if I have to eat anyways. I mean, I can sustain myself off of the company. But also, most terrible restaurants cost a hell of a lot less. Yeah. And I don't want to <laughs> be spending a hundred dollars on my meal when I just spent it with an asshole. How about this? <laughs> I once had a friend who was a great friend, 
but he was crazy as a loon. I didn't know how crazy yet. I didn't know. I wonder if he was homicidal crazy. And he took me to an inedible restaurant, told me it was his favorite place in the world to eat. <laughs> and I had to sort of eat it in front of him. I had a pork chop that was burned on the outside and frozen in the middle. I had the waitress screaming F-bombs at us when we came in the door because <laughs> I guess he hadn't paid his bill last time or something. It was this horrific experience. But he's a great guy. How about that? But like he's homicidal, and well, he's still a great guy. In that situation, take I, don't, I didn't know if he was homicidal. Yet. I don't want to. I want to take over and give you the story. But let me just say, he was he was pretty kooky. He couldn't remember what rank. And he, I asked him what he did for a living once I got in the car with him, and he, and he couldn't remember what rank he was when he's in the army. He's like, I was a sergeant or general, or some shit like that. He says. <laughs> <laughs> At that moment, I knew he was a lunatic behind the wheel. He take me. He took me to a place that was the worst restaurant I've ever. I won't say what it is. The worst place I've eaten. I ate in every restaurant in New Orleans at one point. It was the worst one. And, but it was great company. Yeah, seems All like right. you got a you got an interesting deal. But in, when you when you're served served messed up food, what I like to do is take it to go, bring it home, and fix it myself. Yeah, take it to go. This is great. I'm so full. I wish I'd have such a big meal right before <laughs> this. Oh my gosh, can I get this to go? Yeah, you take that yeah. burnt pork chop and you throw it in a pot with like some potatoes and celery. And you've got a soup, and all the burn sort of flavors everything, and, and then you know it's cooked because it's been you know braising for two hours. That's not a bad. <laughs> That's idea what at all. my brother does at my house. <laughs> he comes over and takes my rotting food in the refrigerator and makes stuff out of it. Yeah, refrigerator like, cooking. It's my yeah. favorite way of doing things. Casserole. I'm a casserole king. Huh. Right. Or soup king, depending on what the night feels like, you know? <laughs> wow. Can I sell him, like, the stuff that's, like, past expiration date in no, my refrigerator? No, no. But best. you can have him over and have a party. He likes to... <laughs> Wait! Uh, that's a great idea for a theme party. Everybody brings expired food. Sure. And then we see who gets sick. Extra protein, <laughs> extra whole, bacteria. They'll have, the whole, they'll have the whole sign an insurance waiver or something. You cook it extra. It'll cook out the uh, yeah. bacteria. Yeah, right? okay. Somebody's going to get sick, though. It depends. The bad mayonnaise, you know? Okay. Well, this is very helpful. Um, Y'all, unfortunately, I think we're uh, already. Yeah, I think yes. That was quick. We are um, unfortunately running out of time. Is there anything that y'all can want to pitch real quick before we? Absolutely. Oh, he's got. He's got a buy yeah. local. Tower. Buy from your neighbors. Come on, people. Rebuild America by buying American-produced items, and we will have a great future. Woo! All right, so where's, what's the website that will allow them to do that? Uh, well, you know, go to any of your fer, uh, favorite search engine, or better yet, just walk down to your neighborhood stores and start asking people where you can buy something, and they'll tell you where to go get it. That was supposed to be like a that was I was lobbying it for you to say the Eat Local Challenge. Uh, I just said that Nola Locavore, you know, dot oh, okay, org okay. or well, something. Been, you, know. you know, I appreciate that. <laughs> well, on, right. on, on another note, our our website will eventually have a local uh, thing. I actually already have like a, a spreadsheet set up with all the places around here that are producing food. So that I can get my own supply lines running, and when we we're planning on having full transparency, uh, even though it's not like required by law. So mm. online, we're gonna have all of those producers, even if we're not buying from them, just so you can look there and be like, wow, that's where I can buy something. You know, and anywhere within 200 miles, basically, I have that written down at this moment. So it's cool. uh, it's Wonderful. getting in touch with them, getting it to you. That can be difficult if you don't feel like you know taking a road trip. But a lot of the times it's just at farmer's markets, which is really nice. Before we go tonight, I have one question, crucial question for Eric. Did you smoke a raccoon on Aretha Castle Haley? I oh. certainly did. No wow. way. Absolutely. That and a nutria. Nutria. Now, Nutria is a public service. I guess getting rid of a raccoon might be a little bit, though, too. It, Some of our listeners may disagree. I don't mean to offend anyone. But raccoons are kind of scary. Absolutely. They're very tasty, though. How do you know it's not what rabid? What does it taste like? 
Actually, that one kind of reminded me of my grandmother's pot roast. It was kind of funny. <laughs> your grandma's Is pot roast? You, I don't know what that says about your grandma's pot roast. I would say that it was very well-raised beef. <laughs> how did you, how'd you catch the raccoon? Uh, well, actually, we got it from a uh, local source who... Uh, who actually goes out, catches live, uh, or live, catches wild <laughs> animals, and then uh, does what he does to them, throws them in his freezer, and then we buy them from him, smoke them, and eat them. Wow. So you've had raccoon before? Uh, no, I haven't, actually. Huh. All right. Do you think it's going to be a trend? Absolutely. It was delicious. Huh. <laughs> All right. I'll take your word for that and the insects. But <laughs> All right. Well, looks like we're out of time, Margo. We need to thank our sponsors before we go. Um, thank you to Nola Brewing's Tap Room, the watering hole of Nola Brewing Company on Chapatula Street in the Irish Channel, where you can get all of Nola Brewing's beers plus another eight specialty beers you can't get anywhere else. And I'd like to thank our um, sponsors, Petite Pet Care, for loving care when you're not there or you're out supporting a uh, okra farm or a Nola uh, locavore eating. Uh, you can call Petite Pet Care. Okay. All right. Well, once again, our special guest tonight on Midnight Menu Plus One was Eric Usage, and his plus one was Christopher Look, the fourth. Not the third, not the second, not the first, but the fourth. You can find out more about both of our guests and much more by following the links on our website. It's neworleans.com. Thanks. Good night. All right. Good night. Labor Day signals the unofficial end of summer, but not the end of your outdoor projects. Lowe's helps you do it right and helps you save with Labor Day deals throughout the store. Shop now and get two bags of Stay Green Potty Mix for $12. And keep your lawn looking neat and trim with a Craftsman 2-Cycle 17-inch gas string trimmer, now $20 off at just $119. Whatever's still on your to-do list this Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 828. Soil offer excludes Alaska and Hawaii, U.S. only.